0: Hi everyone, and welcome to the February roundup of uh, stories from the influencer marketing industry uh, from Analytica. This is the Influential Times. I am gonna pass over to my co-host, Tom, who's gonna take you through his first big story of the month.
1: Yeah, cheers Jack. Um, so yeah, my first story is around uh, Twitter super followers. I'm not sure if you saw this one, but it came out this week. Um, it's like, there's actually a couple of updates from Twitter here. Um, so the, f- the first one is um, the ability for users to charge their followers for access to specific content. So they're calling this a super follower feature essentially. Um, and this will comprise things like bonus tweets, access to like specific community groups. There'll be things like newsletters, subscriptions, as part of the the cost um you can even get a badge to say that you're a super follower so that's quite cool um it hasn't been launched yet but one example that twitter shared around the pricing would would be that it'd be something like five dollars a month and then you get a series of perks um from being a subscriber Um, so yeah quite an interesting development interesting for influencers obviously it could be an interesting way for them to generate revenue from their from their content and the second big development um, that Twitter were talking about was uh, communities. So a little bit like Facebook groups and communities that you can follow. Twitter wants to do something similar. So if you have specific interests, you can follow those groups. And it will also mean you'll get actually tweet prioritized tweets in your timeline based on those communities that you follow. Um, they haven't given a specific timeline on when these features will be launched, but they were actually recently presented at a uh, an analyst and investor kind of roadmap presentation. So, yeah, some interesting updates from from Twitter.
0: Yeah, I, I guess the, there's a sort of theme there of, of helping creators monetize um, followings that they're sort of building. There's some talk about a business profile as well mm. on, on Twitter. I mean, it, it really sort of feels, I guess, I mean, we're not there yet, but, but sort of tanks on, on Patreon's lawn a little bit, if you, mm. if you sort of think that that, you know, Patreon has been traditionally where a lot of the sort of bigger creators have gone, particularly on YouTube, have, have sort of gone. Maybe we're going to see that sort of fragment a little more and, and see people go go to different places. I think yeah. it remains to be seen whether the people you follow on Twitter sort of have enough of a pull. I guess the answer is some of them maybe, mm. um, but it's often for, for work they do elsewhere. Um, yeah it's I like guess a sort of, it's a shop front isn't it twitter for for if you're a writer
1: mm, um for what else yeah. you,
0: you have to say
1: i guess it'll be interesting to see how it develops in terms of knowing like what content to put as exclusive content versus like regular free content and things like that so obviously i don't think people will want to have tons of subscriptions to content um so i think there'll be a, like a balancing act for the influencers to get right i think with that
0: yeah, I guess in practice, you see it already. You know, some journalists are very successful at promoting themselves, uh, and will sort of tweet out their opinions, and then there'll be a link back to, to something behind a paywall that you have to subscribe for. So I think there's kind of, we'll, we'll probably see people people try and take up those features in, in a few different ways, and maybe, you know, probably a year in, we, we might see a sort of a particular business model start to, to emerge. Um, speaking of which, my story my first story this month is um the the major union for, for sort of actors and entertainment workers the SAG-AFTRA in America has reached an agreement to cover influencers who post on social media for their work so they already covered YouTubers but they've they've found over the last few years that they're getting uh, approached more and more by influencers who are looking for advice on how to sort of deal with that relationship um, where brands are approaching them and I think to me, it's a it's a positive sign that people are sort of thinking seriously about um, influencers and creators as a as a sort of you know it's 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 a business function. It's one of the mm. probably one of the fastest growing types of business uh, around because there's such a low um, there's such a low barrier to entry. And even if even if it sometimes people might might sort of complain that there's too many influencers, uh, you know even even if there were a million um there's there's an online population probably of, of approaching four billion at this point mm. so that's actually still a relatively small small percentage uh probably no you know there's probably lots of accountants as well and, and no one feels like there's too many of them so uh or i don't know maybe people do answers in the comments are there too many accountants <laughs> are there too many influencers uh let's let's crack this one wide open um but I, but i think a good sign that you know people are people are thinking seriously about it as work and are thinking about how they can kind of legally protect themselves yeah um and make sure that they're they're sort of um safe but but an interesting one given the sort of the exact power dynamic is always is always shifting isn't it mm. between brands and influencers and it'll depend on the type of influencer and what they um what they bring to the table you know i'm sure some of the bigger influencers can probably name their terms um, yeah exactly with with brands so um but but good that we're trying to put some frameworks in place as an industry. Um, so speaking of framework, something that's something that's maybe going to sort of shift the marketing landscape, um, and there's a lot of trap to it. I get uh, about it. I guess I'm I'm sort of on the record as a mild clubhouse skeptic, um, <laughs> just in the sense that it's early days. It's it's hard to tell. Um, I I don't think it's kind of doomed to fail or anything like that. But I'm maybe skeptical. But something that that evolved my thinking about this and I posted about it on on LinkedIn was a was a longish read. Um, sort of talking about clubhouse as the logical evolution of content formats and that i did find quite compelling as an idea you know the idea that this sort of informal audio chats almost um would could could sort of take off if someone can figure out how to curate the right stuff Mm -hmm. and make it easy to find the right things that i that i buy Um, and i could i can really see taking off you know if you think of podcasts already as a as an audio format you know, one of the big use cases for that is to put a podcast on while you're doing something else. And that I can really see more informal audio, more sort of being able to put whatever audio you want on while you're while you're doing something. You know, maybe you're maybe you want to hear your favorite um, sports kind of podcast. You want to hear that the people from that commentating on the match more than mm. you want to just hear that the sort of default audio on the TV or something like that. I can kind of see a lot of a lot of use cases for that, but I don't know how you feel about it. If you think, kind of, I know we're both Android users, so we're you know yeah. glasses, glasses pressed <laughs> against the window of, of uh, exactly. the brave new world. But whether you whether you think sort of that informal audio chat would you, I don't know. Would you tune in just to listen to to kind of people people yeah, talking think, that
1: way? Yeah, I think so. I think it's I think it's an interesting format because I think you know. Everyone gets a bit sick of like screen, you know, looking at their screen all the time. I personally am a big fan of podcasts and audio, anyway. And I think, you know, not just from a business point of view, but from you know just general interests outside of work, um, I think audio is is a really good format. Um, so no, I think I think it is going to is going to be good. I think yeah, like what you said about you know alternative um, audio streams for different things could, could be interesting as well. Um, so yeah, but yeah, as an Android user, I haven't been able to fully kind of get involved so um i'm sure we'll we'll get our chance soon jack
0: yeah us us and the other 70 percent of europeans on on an android are just yeah cursed cursed <laughs> with this terrible mistake um your last story is on some new linkedin functionality for marketers to keep an eye out for
1: yeah exactly so it's a bit of a development really of the product pages which obviously came in at the end of last year um, so anyone who doesn't know it's essentially a kind of new tab on your company page um, and it allows customers, employees, anyone really, any users to sort of interact, to share content, insights, things like that. Um, what they did in sort of phase one was to allow, um, you could add external links. So, for example, you could capture leads from the content. Um, and now with phase two, what they're doing is they're actually having kind of an autofill form in in the page itself. So it means that people stay within LinkedIn. It means it auto-populates. So. Um, They've had a pretty good uptake so far. So they've actually reported they've had about 10,000 customers using the feature so far, which doesn't sound like a huge number, but in a couple of months is really, really good, and it'll it'll grow a lot. Um, but I think the interesting thing about this is that it's um, it's going to really drive kind of employee advocacy for one thing, customer advocacy as well, um, but but it has that direct link with um, with lead generation. So it's going to be really easy for companies to to generate leads and get that information much more easily where people can just do it all in one place. Um, so I think that's a really, really interesting development. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: one other update that they've announced as well is that stories are going to be coming in for company pages. So, I know it's like every single platform I think has has stories in some form now, um, and you obviously users could do that from May last year, and now companies company pages will be able to post stories. So you know it'll be interesting to see what the uptake is like on that and how they'll be used, whether people will really you know click on them and engage with them. I don't know, I don't think the uptake's been that much in terms of users, so um, that'll be interesting, Jack. yeah, I think,
0: yeah. I don't know. I, I don't want to create a scheme of relentless scepticism of all new feature rollouts because I, I can see I can see a use case around events and, and things like that, and, and for the same reason, you know, being being able to let people know where your stand is. Yeah, example, I think in the moment, at a, in the moment, at a conference.
1: Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly.
0: It'll maybe feel more relevant when actually we have more interesting and spontaneous things happening in our lives again, um, as opposed to, you know, sitting in the same room every single day. So I think it's it's sort of easy to, to feel like there's no use case for that now. And actually, when kind of conferences swing back around and things like that, and we're all out and about, maybe maybe there'll kind of be a little bit more to it. Um, so those are our, those are our big four stories. We've got one more uh, bonus story that you will see in the. Um, in the email but uh apart from that we will uh, we will see you again next month you have to wait another long month to to hear the next four stories and uh, we look forward to seeing you all then